Welcome to Beers and Pickskins. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm your host, Mason Davis, here to bring you the best advice and news going on around the NFL. Um, This is our very first full episode for week one of the NFL season, so I'm super excited. Um, So what we're going to do here is give you a little insight to how this episode is going to go, and then we're going to kick it off into our first segment. Um, So what we're going to do on a weekly basis is kind of recap, you know, the Thursday night game and kind of give you some news around the league, update on some injuries and kind of what's going on. And then we'll go over uh, some daily fantasy picks for DraftKings and some good picks to put in your lineups as far as uh, each position breaks down and kind of the the salaries of some good players there. And then one of my favorite parts of this podcast is we're going to have an entire segment dedicated um, to us or myself uh, testing out different beers or alcoholic beverages um, and we'll kind of talk about where these beers or beverages are, you know, locally brewed from, um, or where they come from, and we'll do a taste test here live, um, and kind of give a rating of that and what we think about it, and then we'll uh, wrap up the episode uh, with predictions of all the games going on, um, as well as giving you our lock pick of the week and our up- upset pick of the week, and we'll keep track um, of our picks throughout the entire season. Um, And you can kind of play along if you want, and we'll see what our uh, record turns out to be at the end. So we'll go ahead and get straight into this first segment. Um, And we did have our first small episode on Wednesday. Um, We'll do weekly episodes as well for the Thursday night games. Um, They'll be much shorter. Um, But kind of just following up on that, the recap of the opening of the season uh, with this defending Super Bowl champs, the Tampa Bay Bucks, and the Dallas Cowboys. Man, that was an absolute amazing game to start the season. Um, Dallas really exceeded my expectations as far as um, you know keeping up with the Bucks. Uh, generated some turnovers, which I said in that small episode was going to be a key to kind of keep them in the game. Um, so they did really well. I'm really surprised by how well they did. Uh, the offensive line held up. Dak looked really comfortable in the pocket. You know, didn't really have a whole lot of hesitation with that ankle. Uh, So great for him, but, you know, classic Tom Brady came down to the wire, two-minute drill, let him down the field, field goal, Tampa Bay wins it, season opener, Um, but, you know, it was a a great game nonetheless, and it was super fun to watch, and I hope you guys watched as well, Um, but a little piece of that, some news coming out of the Dallas front, Um, Lyle Collins, their starting right tackle, is suspended for the next five games. Um, due to some PED um, substance policy stuff going on. Um, So that's going to be a real interesting um, key to that offensive line since they already lost Zach Martin this past week for COVID. Um, So we'll kind of see how that impacts them going into next week. Uh, They play the Chargers. So going up against Joey Boza, um, especially on that side of the line, it's going to be real interesting. So they might kind of keep Jarwin in or... uh, the other tight end to kind of give some extra protection there to help Dak out. But um, it'll be real interesting to see how they cope with that. Um, Zeke didn't really have a big night. Like I said, that run defense was so good for Tampa Bay. Um, So we'll see if Zeke can kind of really break out next week and have a good game. Um, So some other news around the league Um, coming out of Pittsburgh. So big story there has been TJ Watt, um, you know, has been holding out of camp and he was looking for a new deal. Big Ben took less money and kind of came out and said, this was one of the reasons I took less money for guys like him to get paid. Well, folks, of course, the deal got done just in time before the season wrap, you know, was getting underway. Got a four-year, $112 million extension. um, So exactly what he was looking for and, you know, definitely well-deserved on his part. So good for him getting paid. Um, He is definitely the pivotal point on that Steelers defense. Um, So definitely glad they got that done. Um, another good thing coming out of the AFC, Carson Wentz has gotten the all thumbs up to start this weekend against Seattle. Um, you know, he's had that injury in the preseason, um, you know, in camp, 
Uh, didn't know if he was going to start as well as Quentin Nelson, who also got the thumbs up to go. Um, so those guys haven't had a lot of prep in the last few weeks. Um, so they are starting, but we will see how that goes. Seattle might have a field day um, this this Sunday. Um, but just keep an eye on that. It's good to see him you know, getting the start, especially after uh, getting shipped off from Philly. So look forward to that game, kind of seeing what that storyline looks like. Um, and then some injuries that we got going on, some big-name stuff. Um, it seems like the Ravens cannot catch a break in their backfield. Um, first, J.K. Dobbins went down. Then their backup running back uh, to the backup to Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, went down with a season-ending injury. And then poor Gus Edwards has also gone down with a season-ending injury and Marcus Peters as well, as they're both feared to have torn their ACLs. Um, so Ravens are scrambling to fill that position and what did they do they went over and signed mr latavius murray who the saints had previously cut a couple days ago um, and kind of left him available there Um, and they also still have Le'Veon bell on their practice squad Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that backfield plays out Um, in addition to you know rashad bateman also had groin surgery so they're missing him as a wide out to start the season so, you know, it might just really be the all-Lamar show. It'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Um, and a couple other injuries going on. Um, Jamison Crowder for the Jets, wide receiver. Uh, kind of number one, number two guy there with Corey Davis. Uh, he has been put on the COVID list, so he will be out for the starter. Um, so look for some backup guys there to step up. Rookie Elijah Moore, uh, maybe second-year man Denzel Mims. Um, It'll be interesting to see how that works out, especially in Zach Wilson's debut against Carolina. Um, And then another receiver who went on injured reserve for Washington, Curtis Samuel, former Carolina Panther, um, got hurt, so he is on the injured reserve. So he was the number two there to Terry McLaurin. So Terry will still get the number one uh, targets there. Um, But look for... uh, rookie Diami Brown to have a bigger role um, with Fitzmagic going on um, and tight end Logan Thomas. So those are a couple injuries um, going on around the league and some news. Um, so we'll keep an eye on all of that going into tomorrow. Um, you know, this is being recorded on a Saturday, so there might be a few more injuries to report. Um, some teams have kind of kept that close to the the vest going into the, the you know season opener. So if there are more injuries, just keep a lookout before kickoff tomorrow to keep up to date on those. Um, and then before we kind of get headed into our second segment here, um, I did just want to take a moment to kind of go over something real quick. Um, today we are recording this on Saturday, so today is 9-11. Um, it is the 20-year anniversary um, from the attacks on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon, <clears throat> and so I just wanted to take a moment because um, that's going to be a big, a big thing going into this uh, season opener, and there will be you know some stuff before kickoff tomorrow. Uh, but you know, just wanted to take a moment to remember all those that lost their lives on that day, and all the first responders that helped out. Um, you know, we're always thinking about those families, and you know, it's something that we'll never forget. You know, it's just a time to to stand strong together and support one another. Um, so before we kind of move into the next segment, kind of just want to take a moment of silence for those that have lost their lives on that day and the families that have been impacted. Um, and then we'll get moving into the second segment. Okay. All right. All right, guys, we are going to kick off the fantasy portion of this episode. Um, so we solely use DraftKings. So what we're going to do is go over the different contest types and then kind of what I personally like to play. And we'll give you uh, each position breakdown, some great players. Um, we'll go over some values at each position, uh, the good matchups, and kind of how to set your lineup um, to really make yourself stand out and kind of some edges that you can have on the rest of the field. Um, so we'll go ahead and get straight into that. Um, so really, there's you know 
there's a handful of different types of contests. Um, you know, the main ones are going to be what are called your GPP contests, which are your guaranteed prize pool contests, which are usually going to be your featured contests. Um, so typically the, the top 20% of that contest is what's getting paid out based off uh, different tiers there. Obviously first place taking home the most money, and then usually the the very bottom tier there is taking home a little bit more than you paid to get into the contest. Obviously, if you tie in a position, it's going to break it up um, to, to be a little bit less. And then the other main portion is going to be like your 50-50 contests, where 50% of the field wins, but every that top 50% all wins the exact same. So if you put in a $5 entry, uh, you know the max you can win is $10. Basically, you're doubling up your money. Personally, I like to play a little bit of both, um, but mainly what we'll be going over here today is the GPP contests, um, where you pick nine total positions you got that salary cap um, and we'll kind of tell you what what to choose you know make sure you stay under that um, we're not going to give you exact lineups to put in um, but what we'll do is definitely point out some players for the week um, so kind of we'll just break it down by position by position um, so typically with a gpp the way the lineup works is you have your one qb you have two running backs three receivers one tight end a flex position, and then your defense special teams. Um, so we'll just start from the very top and we'll work our way down. Um, so kicking it off with the QBs. Um, so this week, uh, first we'll go over kind of, you know, the top tier QBs who are probably going to have a good day, typically most weeks, even regardless of their matchup. Um, so taking a look, obviously the number one at the top of the board this week is Patrick Mahomes against the Cleveland Browns. Um, Mahomes currently on DraftKings right now is going for $8,100. Um, it's pretty expensive for a quarterback. Um, you know, as the season goes on, that'll probably honestly go up. Um, but Mahomes is pretty much a Sherlock to always put up points for you, um, especially against this Cleveland defense that really has struggled in the secondary just with how many injuries that they've had over the last couple seasons. Um, you know, really Denzel Ward is their, their star guy on the, the secondary, and then they drafted Greedy Williams, but who's really battled injury since he's gotten the league. Um, they drafted Grant Delpit last year, who tore his Achilles before the season started. Um, so hopefully, you know, they, they have a bunch of guys in that secondary that when healthy can be very good. Um, it's just a matter of staying healthy. Um, so they're looking, you know, to that for that to be the priority this season. Um, you know, they got uh, the safety Johnson, they traded, and they got Ronnie Harrison. So they got a lot of playmaker playmakers back there, and as well as um, their new rookie this year, Greg Newsom, who's a fantastic corner at Northwestern, um, who's got, you know, great ball skills. So really, they got a lot of pieces here. So, you know, I'll be interested to see how they kind of open the season against, you know, the, the firepower offense of Kansas City and Mahomes with... Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, um, but Mahomes typically is at least going to get you, you know, 300 yards, two, three touchdowns, and, you know, probably get a little bit on the ground as well, um, so you can never go wrong with him, um, you know, a, a good idea would be to stack Mahomes with, you know, Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, um, you know, those two options are definitely going to be expensive, so you're going to have to cut cut money elsewhere, but, you know, that's always going to be a good option. Um, and then another QB uh, top-tier guy that I really like this week based off the matchup, uh, Russell Wilson against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, currently, he is $7,000, and I think Wilson's really got a prime matchup here to have a great day. Um, the second corner for Indianapolis is questionable right now, so there's a good chance that he's out. Um, you know, so DK Metcalf, who is a a beast to say the least um, and Tyler Lockett are primed to have a big day um, so Wills can really have a big day through the air this week um, so I really like that so stacking those guys uh, Wilson with Metcalf I'm, I'm okay with even a double stack with Metcalf and Lockett um, they're both priced around the same um, so that's something that we'll get into here in a little bit but I really like that matchup and 7,000 you know it's it's more of the top tier for a quarterback, but it's not way over the top to where you can't make it work with the rest of your lineup. Um, another one of the top tier guys who's 
really good on his feet. Um, Kyler Murray against the Tennessee Titans. Um, he's currently going for 7600 A little more expensive, but um, Murray is such a threat with his feet. Um, you know, he could always get a rushing touchdown, and that's always a bonus with the QBs. Um, <clears throat> and the Tennessee secondary is is relatively young uh, with some guys. Um, I don't know if their they're first-round pick, Caleb Farley, is going to be playing or not. Um, you know, he's been battling uh, his back injury since college, so I'm not sure if he's going to be healthy to go. Uh, Christian Fulton and a couple of those guys back there. Um, so we'll see how that pans out. I think Murray, with all the weapons on that Arizona team, uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Christian Kirk, they recently signed A.J. Green in the offseason, who seems to be completely forgotten about how A.J. Green was a complete monster a couple of years ago. Um, you know, and then the Bengals just completely went downhill then he was hurt and then you know really didn't have a connection with Joe Burrow last season um, so we'll see how he fares in that Arizona team and then also you know with that backfield um, it'll be I think a good matchup for Murray I think he's going to put up points um, you know Murray's Murray's problem is, is game management um, I'm not, sh- not sure if they'll, they'll pull out the win but I think he's got a, a potential just with his legs to put up a good statistical game you know you might get a rushing touchdown or two um, or probably 30 40 yards on the ground as well um, so I'd like that as a pick he is a little more expensive not my first option but definitely a viable option um, and then my value QB of the week um, so my value QBs that we're going to be doing are going to be under six thousand dollars um, so my value QB for this week is Jimmy Garoppolo uh, he is facing Detroit who is the worst team in the league uh, bottom of the barrel. The Lions are a complete mess, and their new head coach is kind of a psychopath. Um, but Jimmy G this week is listed at 5,500, which I think is a steal going against this defense. Um, you know, obviously the 49ers drafted Trey Lance this year, who eventually will probably at some point this season take over for Jimmy G. Um, but Jimmy right now is listed as the starter and came out and said that he will be starting this week. Um, so I think he's got a really great matchup with uh, that that secondary, which is poor. Um, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk have a, a potential to have a great game. Um, I also like Raheem Mostert against this this rush defense as well. So I really, really like the 49ers. Um, that's a good value pick. You definitely could stack Jimmy G with Debo or Jimmy Mostert and Debo. Um, definitely a good play. Um, I don't think that a lot of people will be doing that, um, so that's a good way to separate yourself. Um, just because Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely not a you know perennial quarterback; he's more of just a, a game manager. He's not a flashy guy. <clears throat> he's gonna make the simple throws. Um, you know they're gonna set up a lot of stuff on play action, a lot of screen plays. Um, but those wideouts, you know, they're so so speedy and so shifty that they could easily take a, a screen to the house. Um, so I think. Especially playing indoors, um, great conditions. I think San Francisco's got a, a good chance to blow out Detroit this week. Um, so those are the quarterbacks. Um, we'll go ahead and move into the running backs. Um, kind of the same thing. We'll go over kind of those top-tier guys, uh, which are probably going to be owned by a lot of people, so they won't separate you too much. But, you know, they're always going to be good plays, um, especially in those 50-50 contests. And then we'll go over some value uh, running backs as well. Um, so kind of starting it off. Uh, obviously, the number one pick in most people's uh, fantasy leagues, Christian McCaffrey. Um, the guy is just a, a freak of nature. You know, his, his ball skills, his ability to catch the ball out of backfield, as well as running between the tackles, running uh, zone stretches. He's just he's just amazing every time he touches the ball, and he's typically, you know, he's going to get 20 to 30 touches a game. Um, so prime points there. The guy averages crazy amount of fantasy points, so you can never go wrong with putting McCaffrey in your lineup. The only issue is, obviously, the expensive cost that comes with it. Uh, right now, McCaffrey's listed for $9,500, which is pretty expensive. Um, so if you can make that work into your lineup, obviously you're really going to have to cut down probably on your receivers um, and really look for some value plays there. Um, you know, you probably could do something like the Jimmy Garoppolo play for the cheap quarterback and Mostert, um, and then maybe run it back with McCaffrey. Um, but he's always a lock, um, and especially against this this young Jets team, uh, which got some injuries. Uh, I think Sam Darnold's looking for some vengeance against his former team, so a lot of screen passes, a lot of dump-offs to McCaffrey. He's probably got a good chance to get at least six to eight catches. Um, 
so that'll be good to watch. Uh, other top running back, Dalvin Cook this week, $9,100. Uh, the Vikings are taking on the Bengals. Bengals are, as I previously mentioned, you know, have been going through a bunch of uh, rebuilding, and they've just been real real rough these last couple of years. Um, but, you know, they're they're trying to really revamp their team. They've had a lot of pieces on defense. Uh, they signed Trey Hendrickson over from the Saints, who had a career year last year. They got Chidobe Awuzie in the back uh, secondary. Um, so they added a bunch of pieces in the offseason, really trying to strengthen that uh, defensive front as well as that secondary um, but Dalvin Cook is also a beast, and he's going to get the touches regardless since Minnesota definitely is a run-first team. Um, so look for him to get 20-plus carries. Uh, he'll probably at least punch one in the end zone. So it's always a solid pick to, to put in as well, but he's also going to be highly owned by a lot of other entries, so probably not going to separate yourself too much there with him. And then the, the third and obvious pick there is the top running back tiers, uh, Alvin Kamara for the Saints. Against Green Bay, uh, listed at 8,600. Um, right now, Alvin Kamara is pretty much the only healthy thing that the Saints have. Um, obviously, this is the first <laughs> season in the last 15 years where the Saints are starting a new quarterback to open the season. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of doubters with Jameis, and there's also a lot of people that think Jameis is going to have a great year. Um, but part of the problem is Michael Thomas is out for at least the first five, six games. Um, their number two option, Traquan Smith, is out for this game. Um, and they really don't have a whole lot of depth. So Marquez Callaway is the number one receiver this week, who I think in his career has caught 20 passes maybe. Um, and the next closest guy after that is is well below that. Um, so they don't have a lot of experienced pass catchers. Um, so look for Alvin Kamara to get a ton of work this game. The question is, how is this Green Bay defense going to respond. Um, Kamara did have a huge game against Green Bay last year with the famous 50-55 yard screen from Breeze that he took all the way to house. That just was ridiculous. Um, so I think Green Bay is going to plan for Kamara to get a lot of the touches just because they don't really have a ton of options. Um, so if they're able to shut that down, Kamara might not be a great pick. Um, especially if they're, you know, crowding the line of scrimmage and really forcing Jameis to, to force it to these young, inexperienced receivers. Um, so he's 8,600. Personally, I wouldn't wouldn't bet on that. Um, he's definitely going to get the touches. It's a matter of how productive he is with those touches. Um, but, you know, as far as volume goes, it's definitely there. Uh, but we'll, we'll see how that game goes, especially being, obviously, everything that's gone on in Louisiana with the hurricane recently. New Orleans is not playing this game at home. This will be in Jacksonville, so neutral site against Green Bay. Um, don't know how that's going to pan out on uh, a grass field. Uh, traditionally, the Saints aren't as good on grass fields since they're used to playing in the Dome. Um, but apparently one of the reasons they picked Florida was because Aaron Rodgers historically hasn't been the greatest in Florida. But frankly, I don't think that's going to matter. Aaron Rodgers just came off an MVP season, and he's pissed off. And he's looking to win another Super Bowl. So uh, we'll see how that game pans out. I think Green Bay is probably going to take it. But anyway, moving on uh, to some value picks at running back. Um, first off on the list here, we have James Robinson uh, against the Houston Texans, who arguably are worse than Detroit. Um, but Robinson listed at $6,400. Um, he kind of had a fantastic rookie season last year. Um, and then obviously the Jaguar turned around and drafted Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, uh, college, uh, teammates, there, quarterback and running back, uh, in the first round, Etienne went down with a season ending injury, um, against the saints in the preseason. Um, so Robinson kind of is now back in that full workload there as the starting tailback against this god-awful Houston defense um, so he's going to definitely get the work there especially with this being Trevor Lawrence's NFL debut um, they definitely want to establish the run game and kind of take a little bit of that pressure off him so I think that Robinson's a great play this week against that terrible defense um, he's not a huge pass catching back um, but I think he's got a, a chance to definitely punch those goal line touches in uh, so I think he's a great option um, another uh, Running back in that same kind of salary range is going to get a bunch of touches. Joe Mixon against the Vikings this week. He's listed at $6,200. Um, and obviously, 
The big news around the Bengals is Joey B is back in action after that horrific knee injury last year against Washington. Um, you know, personally myself, huge Joe Burrow fan, being an LSU fan. Um, so I want nothing but the best for him. And I think the success of this Bengals team, obviously because this offensive line really didn't see a whole lot of improvement, um, is going to be a lot of dump-off passes to Mixon, getting him a lot of work, a lot of short screens as well, getting Burrow comfortable in that pocket. Um, you know, Burrow's uneasy, a little bit different than Dak's injury where an ankle, you know, you're not as skeptical about, you know, a player falling on you as your knee. Your knee is a lot more um, exposed to defenders. Um, so Joe might be a little more anxious out there um, taking those first reps and getting those first hits. Part of that as well. The Minnesota's added a few additions uh, to their defense, but the biggest return is Daniil Hunter on that defensive line, who is, uh, as I've said earlier about some other players, he is a freak of nature. Um, this guy is so quick off the line and so strong. Um, he's only gotten better as his uh, seasons have gone on. You know, sat out all last year with the injury, um, but he has nothing but drawn praises in the preseason and camp. Um, so I think he's got a potential to eat against this defensive or against this Bengals offensive line. Um, but I think, you know, Zach Taylor in this offensive uh, scheme is going to plan for that and really look to get Burrow comfortable early on. And Joe Mixon is going to be a big part of that. Um, so for $6,200, I think that's a good play. Um, and then as I referenced earlier with the 49ers this week, Raheem Mostert is my other value running back um, against that Detroit defense for $5,800. Uh, for a starting running back against such a terrible team, this is a steal. Um, I think this guy is extremely quick and can really hit a home run any time of the game, anytime he touches the ball. Just two cuts and he's gone. Um, really, no one can catch him with his speed. And so I think... Jimmy G will kind of look for those screen passes, uh, but he can easily get between the tackles and, and, you know, take 175 yards, which he's done multiple times over the last couple of years. And he actually typically has done that on opening day. Uh, one of his first touches, I believe two years ago, he took 75 or 80 yards to the house. Um, so look for him to have a huge day. Um, I love him with a Jimmy G stack. All right. So now going into some of the receivers, go into some of these top tier guys and some of the stacks that I previously mentioned with some of the quarterbacks and then we'll get into uh, some of the value picks that I really like um, <clears throat> under $4,500 because um, the receivers since you're starting three potentially four with the flex um, you really got to make it work with the money um, so it's kind of hard unless you're sacrificing money at the running back position to get a bunch of top guys um, <clears throat> So first off, obviously we talked about Patrick Mahomes. So Tyreek Hill, who talk about threat to the house at any point, guy's the fastest player in the league. Uh, he's called Cheetah for a reason. Um, he's listed at eighty-two hundred dollars. Uh, so if you're gonna stack him with Mahomes, I think that's a good play. I wouldn't probably put him in a one-off without Mahomes, um, just because he is so expensive. Um, <clears throat> but he's he's gonna get the targets, especially with Sammy Watkins gone. You know, he's the bona fide number one receiver there. Uh, him, and then you have McCole Hardeman, who's another speedy guy, and Demarcus Robinson and Kelsey. Um, so a Tyreek Hill-Kelsey stack as well. That's not a terrible option. Uh, Kelsey's just expensive as well. He's at $8,300. Um, so you really got to kind of weigh your options there and where you're wanting to spend your money. Um, and then, like I previously mentioned with Russell Wilson matchup against Indianapolis, I think D DK Metcalf is a huge play this week at $7,500. The guy is just a physical prowess over these smaller cornerbacks. He's 6'4", 230 pounds of pure muscle, um, and he runs a 4-3. So he's got a chance to not only you know catch, catch a bunch across the middle, um, get a lot of uh, run after the catch, but I think he's got... That, you know, deep speed as well to where he's probably going to catch a 50, 60-yard uh, touchdown. Um, so I love him this week. Um, another top player who I'm not, you know, he's had some injury problems. And then especially with kind of the added weapons on the team. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins against Tennessee. 
The guy is arguably the top or one of the top receivers in the league, and the talent's definitely there. You know, it all just comes down, like I mentioned, to the decision-making of Kyler Murray. You know, so often they're really trying to build him to be more of a pocket uh, passer and not roll out as much. But obviously, you know, he does have that weapon similar to Lamar using his legs. So I think Tennessee is definitely going to blanket Hopkins and kind of force Kyler to find his other options on the field. Um, you know, an A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, uh, Andy Isabella, whoever it may be. Um, so I'm not sold on Hopkins this week. Um, you know, he's definitely got the talent to be up there, but I probably wouldn't pay for him at $7,800. Um, and then another play, kind of the same game, other side of the ball, uh, Tennessee. Uh, they have A.J. Brown at $7,100, and then arguably one of the greatest receivers of all time, in the newly acquired Julio Jones at $6,800. I think people are really sleeping on Julio Jones this season. Um, You know, obviously he was injured a lot of last year, but the games that he played in, he was one of the top wideouts fantasy-wise. So obviously his qualm since his career started has been he doesn't get in the end zone enough. Um, But the catches and the, you know, the, the yards are there. It's just a matter of him getting more more in the end zone, and I think here in Tennessee, having another top-tier wideout like A.J. Brown is going to take that pressure off um, and kind of give him the ability, especially since Tennessee is run through Derrick Henry, similar to how Minnesota's run through Dalvin Cook. Um, they're definitely a run-first offense, and they set up everything in the play action. I think Julio's got a chance to have a career high in touchdowns this year, um, and I think in this Week 1 matchup, uh, Arizona is definitely probably going to blanket uh, one of those two, so if you put them in a stack, I think those are your two options as far as getting the ball. Um, so you can't go wrong there. Um, obviously, you know, between the two of them, that's almost $14,000. So you're going to have to save elsewhere. Um, but not a terrible stack there that I like. Um, and I'll probably put that in in one of my lineups. Um, and then another double team stack, like I previously mentioned, uh, the San Francisco wide receivers with Debo and Brandon Ayuk. Uh, both cheap this week, under $6,000. Uh, Samuel listed at 5,900 and Ayuk listed at 5,700. Um, so I think that's a huge stack that you definitely could take advantage of in a lineup. Um, like the, those guys are both so electric with the ball. They could easily, they do a lot of yards after the catch. Um, so screen passes, slants, um, they could easily take those to the house. Um, so definitely put that in a lineup and, uh, you're probably going to get some good points there and separate yourself. And then, some of my value picks, so receivers that are less than $4,500. Um, a lot of these are rookies that I am high on, um, but these are going to be your flyer picks. So part of that, you know, to make yourself separate against the rest of the field, and if you're trying to win that millionaire dollar contest, um, you got to make something, you know, different in your lineup. So these are a couple plays to look at, um, one of them being Devontae Smith against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, he's listed at $4,500 this week. Um, you know, he won the Heisman Trophy for a reason. His route running is great. He just seems to be able to get in and out of cuts so smoothly and, you know, really find himself wide open. He's got great speed as well. Um, this Atlanta defense the last couple of years has really struggled. Um, so we'll see how that pans out. Um, but this is going to be, you know, Jalen Hurts' is kind of debut of taking control of this team. Um, so Devontae Smith coming in as a rookie is essentially the number one wideout. You got him, Rager, and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Um, so Smith's probably going to get a good amount of targets. Um, so I think he's got a chance to bust, or excuse me, not bust, but you know break out this week um, in his very first game in the NFL. So take a look at that. Um, the other rookie Alabama receiver that I like this week is Jalen Waddell against the Patriots. Uh, he's listed at $3,700, and right now there are injuries riddled in that Miami Dolphins locker room. So Waddle has been the healthiest receiver and, frankly, is probably just as fast, potentially faster than Tyreek Hill. Uh, this guy has some serious burners, obviously coming off the ankle injury there at Alabama, um, but he hasn't been limited that much, and everyone says he looks great in practice and preseason. So this guy is one to look for to definitely take a deep bomb. Um, him and his former quarterback in Tua got that connection. Um, so look for him to at least have a couple shot plays potential in this game against New England. 
The big thing with New England is Stephon Gilmore, their all-pro cornerback, is out. Um, so I think Tua and this offense are going to try to take advantage of that. Um, so look for those deep shot plays, like I said, uh, you know, to make yourself different. At $3,700, uh, you know, if you can get a 15-point game out of Waddle, that's that's a huge steal there. Um, <clears throat> a couple other rookies that I like this week. Uh, for $3,000, Terrace Marshall Jr. against the Jets. Terrace Marshall was the third wideout in that historic 2019 LSU championship team um, alongside Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Uh, this guy is slept on, frankly. He went to the Carolina Panthers, and he's going into his former uh, QB coach, or not QB coach, um, offensive coordinator there with Joe Brady um, from LSU. Um, so he knows exactly what his skill set is and how to use him. Uh, this guy's a big tight end, not tight end. Um, <laughs> he's got tight end size listed at 6'4", but he's got quick speed, about 4'4 speed, um, great route running, great hands, knows how to high point the ball. Um, and I think, as we saw in the preseason, um, had multiple touchdowns, bunch of catches. Um, I think Joe Brady is going to utilize him to the best, especially with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore probably drawing more double coverage. Uh, that'll leave Terrace Marshall in the slot um, to get more screen passes and more short routes over the middle. Um, so look for him to potentially get a touchdown um, with a couple of catches. He might break a screen pass for some uh, yards after the catch, um, but that could be a good pick, especially at $3,000. You can't beat that. Um, and then the other rookie I mentioned back in the intro, Diami Brown for Washington against the Chargers this week, also listed at $3,000. Um, you know, with Curtis Samuel going on injured reserve, uh, Brown looked great in the preseason. He's another shifty receiver. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick's probably going to try to target him a decent amount. Definitely going to see an increased role. So that's a guy that could definitely uh, get some sneaky sneaky catches in as well as getting in the end zone um, here. Um, so take a look at that. And then my last value under $4,500. Uh, like I talked about, uh, the Saints <laughs> receiving core is completely depleted. Uh, so Marquez Callaway who is the number one wideout for this weekend for the Saints, is $3,400. Um, so he is definitely going to get the most targets as the wideout, uh, number one. Um, so depending on how productive he is, uh, it doesn't hurt to put him in one of your lineups there. Uh, obviously, he's probably going to be covered by Jair, Jair Alexander, who's an outstanding cornerback. But, you know, he's definitely going to get the targets. So if he can get the catches, he's going to get those PPR points. Um, he did have a fantastic preseason as well. That last game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, he got two deep, beautiful balls from Jameis for touchdowns, one of them one-handed in the corner, which was very Odell-esque. Um, so the kid's got a lot of promise. Uh, we'll see how he goes. He's definitely going to get the targets, but you know he's going up against a tough uh, matchup there with Alexander. So, But $3,400 is hard to beat. Definitely saves you money there to put some top players in at other positions. Um, all right, so we're going to go ahead and head into the tight end position. Um, tight end is a position that I typically try to save the most money at um, because unless you have one of the top two guys, the odds are it's not going to make a huge difference for you. Uh, obviously, the top guy being Travis Kelsey, who is a complete uh, machine on that offense there in Kansas City. Uh, he's definitely going to have a huge game against Cleveland. It's just similar to how Gronk is. It's hard to stop him. He's just a physical body that gets his way down, has great hands, great route running for his size, really knows how to get those safeties and linebackers turned around. Um, so he's going to get a lot of uh, targets, but he's $8,300. Um, so it's really hard to make the rest of your lineup um, up to par with spending that much money at the tight end position. Um, and then the other option this week, George Kittle, another one to stack with uh, Jimmy G. Uh, he's listed at $6,300, so pretty pretty uh, significantly cheaper than Kelsey, uh, but still expensive for a tight end. Um, but that would be a stack to look at there with Jimmy G. Not a terrible play um, against that Detroit defense. Um, and then so typically what I like to do is put a flyer out there for the tight end position, go as cheap as I can, find one that's going to potentially get a touchdown. Um, so usually if you know your tight end can double or triple their uh, point their point total based off their salary, uh, you're looking good. Uh, so this week, uh, some of the cheaper tight ends that I like, uh, Kyle Pitts 
rookie for Atlanta, who's supposed to be essentially the replacement, in essence, for Julio leaving, um, even though he's a tight end, but he's probably going to be lined out, out wide quite a bit. He's still a little bit more than I normally would pay, um, but he's listed at $4,400, which isn't bad. Um, you know, there's a lot of hype about Pitts, um, but he's also a rookie, so he hasn't played, you know, full game speed yet. He really didn't even see a lot of preseason action, probably because they didn't want to get him hurt um, since he was their number one pick this year in the draft. Um, but, you know, if he plays like he did at Florida and they use him to his uh, physical abilities, you know, he's going to be a fantastic player. Um, it's just a matter of how well that Atlanta offense holds up and if uh, Matt Ryan can get him the ball, uh, especially with Calvin Ridley being such a threat on the outside. Um, but I think he's a good play, especially against his Philadelphia secondary, which isn't very good, and they've had so many injuries over the last couple of years, um, and they're really still rebuilding. Um, so this could be a good matchup for him and a good breakout in his NFL debut. And then some cheaper options I like this week. Uh, Tyler Conklin there in uh, Minnesota listed at $2,900. Um, I was huge on Herb Smith for the season, but unfortunately he is hurt, so he is out. Um, so Conklin has moved into the number one spot for now. Um, Minnesota did trade for Chris Herndon, um, who I really like, but you know he's still learning the, the playbook there, so he's probably not going to get a whole lot of action this week. But I like Conklin um, as a cheap play this week against that Bengals defense. Um, Kirk Cousins, you know, that like I said, it's a, it's a run-first offense. Um, a lot of the stuff is set up on play action. Um, so you're probably going to see a lot of uh, tight ends. What they're going to do is set up the play action by blocking and then leak out, and he's probably going to get some catches. I would say, you know, his, his ceiling is probably 10 points or so. He might get a touchdown. Um, but, you know, for $2,900, it's hard to beat, hard to beat that value. Um, and then the former Minnesota tight end that I like this week, Kyle Rudolph, also starting in place of the injured Evan Ingram for the New York Giants. Giants went out and they really tried to vamp up this offense by assigning Kenny Galladay. Um, and obviously they got Darius Slayton, uh, Sterling Shepard, and hopefully we got a healthy Saquon Barkley. Um, he's given the okay to start this week. Um, but that, that Giants offensive line so terrible. Definitely something to keep an eye out for and how much uh, work they give Barkley because, you know, if they're still not 100% sure on him, you definitely don't want to get him out there and then, you know, potentially get him hurt again. Um, but Rudolph is going to be starting in place of Ingram since he is out. Uh, so that's a good cheap play at $2,800. Uh, Ingram is definitely one of Danny Dimes' Uh, go-to target so Rudolph might be uh, that replacement there and definitely in the red zone look for those tight end uh, targets there potentially getting a touchdown Um, so that's a good play Um, and then at $2,600 we have Dan Arnold former Saint former Cardinal now with the Carolina Panthers um, and that high-powered Carolina offense that they're trying to get going with Sam Darnold that they traded for um you know, there's so many offensive weapons there. You got DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Terrace Marshall. Um, <clears throat> Dan Ardle is now the new piece who kind of showed last year in Arizona. You know, he's definitely a, a viable option at tight end, and he's he's got some good hands. Um, so we'll see how much work he gets. But at $2,600, it's worth a flyer on him. He might get a touchdown. He might get a couple catches. He's not going to have a game that Kelsey's going to have. He's not going to get 10 to 15 targets, but, you know, he might get a red zone target and get in the end zone. Um, So definitely a value play there. All right, and then the very last piece of our lineups are going to be the defense special teams. Uh, Personally, there weren't a whole lot of options this week that I liked. I think there's a lot of good matchups, and defense is another spot in your lineup where you definitely want to save money and go as cheap as you can. Um, but obviously you don't want to pick a defense that's going to get you negative points. Um, so obviously the cheapest option, $2,000, my value pick this week is the Falcons. Um, they're going up against Philadelphia. Falcons defense hasn't been great, but part of that is you got Jalen Hurts taking over this team, and you got a lot of inexperience there at wideout with Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager. Um, I think there's potential there to be – um, a blowout game for Atlanta, but I think this game is probably going to be relatively close. Um, Atlanta defense probably isn't going to have a whole lot of uh, turnovers or anything like that, but I think you know they, they keep the game in check, and they're not going to get you negative points. They'll probably get you a couple points here and there. Um, 
you never know. There might be an interception just with Jalen Hurts kind of really getting the full helm here and might, you know, getting the full go-ahead from the coach to unleash it a little bit. You know, it might get a little too confident. Um, but, you know, for $2,000, I think that's the best option at the bottom of the barrel. Um, and then kind of going up from there, uh, for $3,000, we have the Vikings defense. Obviously, they've added a couple pieces there with Patrick Peterson. They're getting Daniil Hunter back. Uh, they re-signed Harrison Smith to an extension. Um, Cam Dantzler has been, you know, working underneath uh, Patrick Peterson, learning from him and his uh, veteran experience. So I think the Minnesota defense has a great chance this season to kind of revert back to what they were known for over the last couple of years, um, and especially going against this terrible offensive line on the Bengals. Um, and Joe Burrow, his first game back since that gruesome injury. Um, I think there's potential for the Vikings to have a good game. Could be some turnovers. Um, so I think that's a it's not a terrible option play there. Um, and for $3,000, it's hard to beat it. And then for a little bit more, for $3,600, we have the Carolina Panthers, um, who I think have a great young core going on there. Uh, that front four there with Derek Brown and Brian Burns, who's excellent at getting after the quarterback. And then obviously they just signed uh, their rookie star, J.C. Horn, who's going to play cornerback um, on the outside with Dante Jackson, who's a speedster. Um, so I think they got a lot of young pieces there and a lot of promise. And one of the reasons I liked them this week, they're going up against the Jets and rookie Zach Wilson. Um, you know, there's a lot of hype around Zach Wilson, but that Jets offense is pretty bad. Um, the offensive line's not great. Obviously, they got Mekhi Becton there, the left tackle from last year, who, who's definitely a great um, great player. But as far as weapons go, they don't have a lot of options. Um, they signed Corey Davis from Tennessee, who's a really, until last year in Tennessee, didn't have a whole lot of production. Um, definitely showed his promise and got, got himself a good deal in New York. Um, but with Jameson Crowder being on the COVID list this week, um, they're going to look to Elijah Moore and a couple other guys. Uh, they traded away Chris Herndon, so they lost their tight end there. They really don't have a standout back. Uh, they kind of play running back by committee. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that offense pans out for them in Zach Wilson's debut. So I think the Panthers got a good chance there to kind of rattle him a little bit in his debut and potentially cause a couple turnovers there. So definitely look forward to that. Um all right, guys, so that kind of wraps up all the positions there um, for our picks for the week. Some Definitely some value picks there, as well as kind of the top-tier guys and all the matchups. Um, so now we'll take a quick break, and then we'll head into our very first beer segment, and we'll kind of uh, get that going. All right. It is time for our very first beer tasting segment here on Beers and Pigskins. So what we'll kind of do here is I'll talk about what drink we're having today. We'll get it open. We'll talk about kind of where it's from typically. Um, and we'll give it a rating on a scale of 1 to 10. Similar to kind of how Barstool does their pizza reviews. Obviously, I'm not going to give anything a perfect 10. And we're going to rate these as honest as we can. Um, and then you kind of give your feedback on what you think about it and go try it out yourself. Um, so this week, uh, we kind of took the easy route and we just grabbed something that was in the fridge. So this isn't going to be anything too special. We're going to be trying out a Topa Chico hard seltzer. Um, apparently every company now, <laughs> including water companies, are starting their own seltzers. Um, and this particular flavor is strawberry guava. And I will just go ahead and preface this. Personally, not a huge seltzer fan, but did not have any actual beer in the fridge. Um, we'll definitely be more prepared with a beer next time. Um, probably any seltzer for me, the best rating it's going to get is probably a 5. Um, but hopefully this one's not too bad. I do enjoy Topa Chico water, um, so we'll see what this is like. Uh, kind of just going over the stuff here. Uh, it does have 2 grams of sugar. Uh, the alcohol content is 4.7%. Uh, it's got 100 calories, and it's not too bad. So that's the one thing with these seltzers for me. There's usually a lot of sugar in them, but this one doesn't have a lot of sugar. Uh, so we'll go ahead and give it a shot and taste it out and give it a rating. 
and then we'll uh, we'll get going into the last part of this episode uh, where we do our picks. Let's go ahead and give this a try. All right, and like I said, this is strawberry guava. Um, they do have a bunch of other flavors, but this one that was in the fridge seemed to be the one that would probably interest me the most. So let's go ahead and give this a, a first sip. Okay. First impression is not terrible. Usually anytime I have a white claw or a truly I'm not, uh, that first sip of that carbonation is what really does it for me. And I, uh, I didn't get a whole lot of that here with this Topo Chico. It was rather very smooth. <sighs> yeah, okay. Um, let's see. Like I said, the highest I'd probably rate is seltzer since I'm personally not a seltzer guy. Would be a 5 on a scale of 1 to 10. Um, but I would say this one's definitely up there for me and the seltzers that I've had. Typically with the seltzer, I try to go with the, the most plain flavor as there is. Um, so whether that's the lime or the lemon. Um, I would give this, similar to its alcohol content, I'm going to give this a 4.7. Um, for me, personally, uh, it's not my go-to drink and not something that I would normally get. Uh, but I think people that enjoy the seltzers would actually really like the Topo Chico. Um, it's pretty smooth. It doesn't have a whole lot of bite to it. Um, I think that's one of the things with the seltzers is they are so smooth. They uh, can definitely sneak up on you. You can probably have a bunch, um, so you got to be careful with them. But this one's actually not terrible, um, and I'll actually kind of enjoy this. But like I said, 4.7 for me. Um, yeah, on a scale of 10. So go try this out. Uh, you probably can get it at your local grocery store, you know, wherever you're at. Um, this one was the strawberry guava. Haven't tried any of the other flavors. This is actually the first Topo Chico that I've had, uh, seltzer. Um, but try it out. Tell me what you think. Um, see if, you know, you'll rate it higher than me. Like I said, typically what we'll be doing is beers, uh, which is definitely more my uh, preference. But, you know, we didn't have anything this week. Um, so we kind of just went whoa, with what we had. Um, but next week we'll definitely uh, we'll get a beer and get that reviewed for you and uh, see what you think about it. All right, so now that we got that done out of the way, we'll go ahead and get to the rest of these picks while I sit here and enjoy this Topo Chico. Uh, so kind of just going down the list, we have 15 games, obviously the kickoff of the season, the Cowboys and Buccaneers. I did predict that the Buccaneers would win. So technically, we are 1-0 to start the season. Um, and I actually did get part of the score right. I said that the score would be 31-17 Tampa Bay. Um, it was 31 Tampa Bay, but Cowboys uh, definitely did better than I was expecting and put up 29. Obviously, kicker had some some issues and left some points off the board. Um, but 31-29, Tampa Bay won the first one. So we're technically 1-0. Um, so what we'll do, like I had mentioned, was we'll give our picks uh, every week for the entire slate. Uh, keep track of that total record um, week to week and see where we're at and kind of give uh, a total end of season record and see how we did. Uh, try to play along yourself and see how you do compared to me. Um, but yeah, we'll go ahead and get into it here. Uh, so the first matchup I got listed is the Philadelphia Eagles against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, previously, you know, talked about some of the players in this matchup. Kyle Pitts, uh, Calvin Ridley, and the other side of the ball with Philadelphia. You got Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts. Um, I think this is a matchup of two not very good teams. Um, so I really think it could go either way, just kind of depending on the momentum. But what I'm going to do here, I'm going to go with a veteran in Matt Ryan and kind of this offense. I think they will essentially outscore Philadelphia. I don't think either of these defenses are very good, and I think this will be a high-scoring game. Um, but I think the veteran with Matt Ryan is going to pull away here and kind of, whether it's a game-winning drive or, you know, fourth quarter, they kind of pull away by seven or ten. Um, that wouldn't surprise me here. So I'm going to go with Atlanta over Philadelphia this week. And then second game, we have the Buffalo Bills against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, this is a matchup we really haven't talked about. Uh, Josh Allen, who is uh, MVP candidate this season against Big Ben Roethlisberger in that 
solidified Pittsburgh defense. Um, this is going to be a good matchup. I think a lot of people are kind of sleeping on Pittsburgh this season just with you know the injury and everything with Big Ben last season. But I think there are a lot of weapons on that offense, and it's a solid defense, especially now that T.J. Watt is playing. They got Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, they're... Pittsburgh is a great organization, and you know, year in, year out, they're always a playoff contender. Um, so I think this is going to be a solid week one matchup. Um, but I think Buffalo and that Josh Allen offense are going to kind of slowly pull away a little bit. I think they barely win this one by a field goal or three to seven points. Uh, but I like Buffalo to come out on top. Uh, third matchup is the Minnesota-Cincinnati game. Um, this is also another game of two bad teams, similar to the Philly-Atlanta game. Um, two bad defenses, uh, but obviously Minnesota's looking to kind of... They both, both these teams have made additions um, in the offseason to kind of beef up their defenses, um, as well as getting healthy. Uh, Joe Burrow is coming back. They drafted Jamar Chase, his college teammate, to kind of make him more comfortable, give him another weapon. That's the thing. The Cincinnati team has a ton of weapons on the outside. It's just a matter of keeping Burrow upright. Um, if they can't keep him upright, then there's really no hope for him. Um, I do like Minnesota. I think this will be a good game um, as far as kind of being close. Uh, but I think Minnesota wins just similar to you know kind of the previous reason. There's more experience there with Kirk Cousins, even though I don't think he's a very good quarterback. But I think Dalvin Cook and you know that offensive line and establishing the run is a little bit better than Cincinnati. Um, I think Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are one of the best duos in the league out wide. And you kind of, you know, Justin Jefferson had the record for rookie passing yards this past season. Um, So that's something to take into account that he will most definitely get more targets early on. Um, He really didn't get going until the middle of the season last year. Um, So I look forward to him kind of really breaking out a little bit more. Um, and probably taking over more of the the share from Adam Thielen. Um, But I like Minnesota to win that over Cincinnati. Um, The third game I have is the Arizona Cardinals against the Tennessee Titans. Um, I think this is a good matchup of two playoff potential teams. I think Tennessee is definitely going to win the AFC South this year. I think Arizona and that NFC West is really just a toss-up, but Arizona is just on the cusp of really making the playoffs and, uh, you know, making a run there. I think they just have some problems on defense that they need to fix, and Kyler Murray needs to mature a little bit more. But I think it's going to be a great game. Um, But I think Tennessee comes out on top, and I think Julio has a good debut with the Titans. Uh, Next, we have the Seattle Seahawks against the Indianapolis Colts. I think Seattle rolls Indianapolis, and Russell Wilson has a huge day, and I think it's a a blowout and a great start to the season for Russell. Uh, Next game, we have the Chargers against the Washington football team. Obviously, Justin Herbert last year proved that he was the real deal. Uh, potentially, he's going to be the best quarterback out of that draft, out of Burrow and Tua. Um, I think he has a, a decent day against this great Washington defense. That front seven for Washington is so stout and so good. But I think um, you know some of the injuries to Washington's offense, and Ryan Fitzpatrick really isn't a guy that's going to win you a ton of games. He's going to manage the game well and not make a ton of mistakes. Um, but Herbert's Herbert's a special athlete, and I think he leads this Chargers team to victory. And I think the defense for uh, L.A. is healthy this year. They got Derwin James back in the secondary, who's going to be a huge addition, uh, Pro Bowl caliber player. Um, so look for that defense to be revamped as well. So Chargers take this one over Washington. Uh, next we have the Carolina Panthers against the New York Jets. Uh, like I said earlier, I think there's so many weapons for this Carolina team that Sam Darnold's debut against his old team, uh, he does well, proves that the Jets made a mistake, um, and Zach Wilson struggles a little bit in his debut. I like Carolina to win this one. Uh, next, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Houston Texans, two of the worst teams in the league in the same division, the AFC South. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence has a good debut against this Texans team. Um, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. James Robinson has a good day and shows why he was picked number one overall. I like Jacksonville to take down Houston. Uh, next, we have the Miami Dolphins against the New England Patriots, another divisional matchup there from the AFC East. Uh, you got Tua, you got the two Alabama quarterbacks going up against each other. You got Tua and rookie Mac Jones for New England. 
Um, obviously, New England cut Cam and are going with their guy in Mac Jones. Uh, personally, not sold yet on Mac Jones. He had a good preseason, but nothing really wowed me. Obviously, New England's game plan is definitely to run the ball with all those dynamic backs that they have. Damien Harris, James White. Um, so look them to utilize their backs. That's Bill Belichick's game scheme. Um, but I really like Miami. I think Tua kind of takes a step in the right direction this year. Uh, you know, he gets Jalen Waddle this uh, from this draft. That's another college teammate. I think they have a good connection. I think Mike Gusecki is a good option. Um, so I like Miami to eke slowly uh, sneak this game from New England. Uh, New England is the favorite in this one, but I like Miami to pull off the upset. <clears throat> Next, we have the Green Bay Packers against the Saints. Um, I am a Saints fan, a diehard Saints fan. Um, so the loss of Drew Brees is heartbreaking, but it was definitely in time for him to hang it up. As you could tell, the, the arm strength just wasn't there anymore. Um, and, you know, that last game in the playoffs against Tom Brady where he threw interceptions was just, it was heartbreaking, but I think, you know, it was his time to go. And now it's it's Jameis Winston. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how Jameis is going to do, um, but if anyone can turn him into a good player, it's Sean Payton. Um, unfortunately, we're just so depleted on offense at this point. I don't think we are going to win this game. I think Green Bay wins pretty easily, especially at a neutral site. Uh, Aaron Rodgers comes in off his MVP season and continues to roll. Devontae Adams has a good game, and Green Bay takes it. Uh, Next, we have the Denver Broncos against the New York Giants. Um, This is a good defensive matchup. Two offenses that haven't been great um, due to other issues and injuries, um, but two defenses that have been pretty good, especially last season. Denver, um, you know, that defensive line, Bradley Chubb, uh, Vaughn Miller finally back healthy um, in that secondary, always being stout. Um, I think it's going to be a good low-scoring defensive game, Um, but Teddy Bridgewater had a great preseason for the Broncos and, you know, won the starting job over Drew Locke. Um, So I think that Teddy B wins his home, uh, you know, his first game opening the season against the New York Giants. Um, the Giants, you know, still got some injuries. Evan Ingram's out. Suquan's going to play, but how healthy is he really? Um, and that offensive line for the Giants is atrocious, and the defensive line for Denver is great. So I think that's going to be the key in this matchup. Um, so I like Denver to take down the Giants. Um, what else we got here? We got the Los Angeles Rams against the Chicago Bears. Um, Matt Stafford traded to the Rams to an offense where he can finally let loose and has weapons on the outside. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, um, Van Jefferson, um, Reynolds. So he's got a bunch of weapons there now. Obviously, Cam Akers went down in the preseason, out for the season. Uh, but they did trade for Sony Michelle, so we'll see how that pans out. But I like the Rams to take down Chicago uh, against starter Andy Dalton. I think it's only... A matter of time. The Bears did draft Justin Fields this year, who looked great in the preseason. So I give Dalton a couple of weeks before he uh, gets the bench call and Fields gets to make his debut. Um, wouldn't be surprised even if it comes in, the, you know, the second half of the first game. <laughs> but uh, we'll see how that game goes. I do like LA to take that one. Um, and then one of the matchups of the week, we have the Kansas City Chiefs against the Cleveland Browns. I think this is going to be a great matchup. Cleveland has really turned that roster around and built it over the last few years, and they're so solid on offense and defense, really. Um, It's just a matter of that health on defense. Uh, But Baker finally is coming into his own um, in his fourth year now. He's got the weapons. OBJ should be back and healthy. Um, The videos that have been posted of him in pregame warm-ups, he didn't get a whole lot of preseason action really at all. Uh, But just the stuff he's done in camp, he looks really healthy. Um, So, you know, anytime he's healthy and in the right mindset, you know, your team's automatically up another notch just because he is so dynamic. Um, And that double-headed run game with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Um, So I think this is going to be a great matchup. I look for this to be a high-scoring game. um, But I think Patrick Mahomes and that offense just pull away barely. But I think it's a close one. Um, Probably Kansas City no more than a field goal. Um, And then... What do we have left? All right, so we have our lock of the week. Um, So my lock pick, which I can guarantee is going to happen, we're going to go with the San Francisco 49ers over the Detroit Lions. 
Um, the Detroit Lions are just a complete mess. Uh, they traded for Goff, and they lost Galladay in the offseason. They really don't have any bona fide offensive weapons. DeAndre Swift has been not getting the greatest news out of camp, saying he's out of shape. Um, so I don't think Detroit's going to be able to do a whole lot on offense. Um, their coach is not an offensive-minded coach. He's a defensive guy. Um, so I'm not, not high on the Lions this year. Um, I don't think they'll, you know, top their 0-16 season from 2008, but I think, you know, it's definitely going to be a, a bad year for Detroit. Um, so I really like San Francisco as my lock this week. And then my upset, a game that we haven't talked a whole lot about yet, um, is the Monday night matchup against the Baltimore Ravens and the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I'm going to take the Las Vegas Raiders in an upset over Baltimore. Um, the Raiders are opening up this game Monday night in their brand new stadium in Las Vegas. And I can tell you right now, it is going to be an amazing atmosphere in that wonderful stadium. Um, the ticket prices I've seen have averaged um, the like the lowest, the cheapest you can find anywhere from eight seventy-five to a thousand dollars. And obviously, those aren't going to be the best seats. Uh, so this game is sold out, and it's going to be a huge crowd. Obviously, Vegas already brings a a, a rowdy bunch. Um, so I like uh, Las Vegas to pull the upset in their home opener and their brand new se- season. Ah, excuse me, in their brand new stadium, especially with all the injuries that Baltimore has um, accumulated over the last couple of weeks in their backfield, um, you know, their receiving core, uh, they lost Marcus Peters, their number two cornerback across from Marlon Humphrey. Um, so I think it's going to be tough to overcome all those injuries. I think it might take a couple of weeks to get in the groove to find out what's comfortable for them. Um, so I'm taking the, the Raiders to upset Baltimore. Um, so those are all our picks. Um, keep track of those. We'll uh, we'll recap all of that uh, at the beginning of next week's episode. Uh, but thank you guys for listening in for the very first episode of Beers and Pickskins. And have a great Sunday tomorrow. And make sure to put your lineups in. And good luck. And we will see you guys next week.